something, what goes wrong. The mad scientist is also possessed of the obligatory beautiful niece, although in some cases it's a daughter, whom Simon Templer rescues before dispatching the scientist himself, Dr. Sardon, with astonishing casual ruthlessness. The door had started to move when he shot him twice through the heart. Of course, the madman had been pointing a gun at Templer, having only momentarily swung it carelessly away from his target, and he is about to unleash a plague of massive ants on humanity. Moral considerations aside, The Man Who Liked Ants is a very striking piece of fiction. The dryly low-key title adds considerably to the power of the tale, as does the painstaking care taken to build up a convincing background for Sardin's research. Real scientists and real technical terms are skillfully blended with pure fantasy. And the sparing, elliptical descriptions of the monstrous ants also add to their impact. The Man Who Liked Ants is a highly influential story. It was not only the basis for a memorable episode of the television series, it may also have served as inspiration for the classic giant ant movie Them, 1954. Saint scholar Jonathan Rigby has pointed out that the story was reprinted in Fantasy and Science Fiction magazine in June 1953, and Them began production in October of the same year at Warner Brothers. Hmm. The fact that The Man Who Liked Ants is such an unusual story in the Simon Templar canon has led to speculation that it was ghost-written. This is entirely possible. It's well known that Leslie Charteris did employ ghost-writers at various times, and to varying degrees. And what some regard as the uncharacteristic prose style of this story, along with its wildly unusual subject matter, argue strongly that it may well be one of those which Charteris farmed out. To many saint aficionados, the question is not so much whether the story was ghost-written as who the ghost-writer might have been. A number of science fiction, horror, and fantasy writers have been named as collaborating with Charteris on saint stories. It's quite a distinguished roll-call, including Henry Cutner, Theodore Sturgeon, and Harry Harrison. But the name which most persistently attaches itself to The Man Who Liked Ants is Cleve Cartmill. One of the more obscure science fiction writers of the period, Cartmill also has the distinction of being identified as the author of that other great saint horror tale, The Convenient Monster, which features a well-known watery beast from Loch Ness. Balanced against this is a conversation in the 1990s with Charteris, which Ian Dickerson recounts, where the author happily admitted Cartmill's extensive involvement with the saint story The Darker Drink, a.k.a. Dawn, but seemed quite certain, even these many years and stories later, that The Man Who Liked Ants was entirely his own work. The story is also a little early for such ghostwriting or collaborations, appearing in print ten years before The Darker Drink. In any case, Cleve Cartmill remains one of Leslie Charteris's most intriguing collaborators and he certainly had the science fiction and science credentials for involvement with one of the saint's most fantastical adventures. Under his own name, Cartmill was responsible for a genuine 24-carat science fiction classic and a milestone of the genre. This was his short story, Deadline, published in 1944 in Astounding magazine, It gave such an eerily prescient account of a nuclear fission weapon of exactly the kind being secretly developed by the Manhattan Project that it resulted in the magazine's editor being questioned by the FBI. 
Such a writer could surely have taken giant ants in his stride. But personally, I like the theory that Cartmill wrote The Man Who Liked Ants for a much simpler reason, because he may well be a distant relative of mine. Andrew Cartmell. The Man Who Was Lucky Somewhat optimistically, the editorial writer of the News Chronicle spoke one morning to a million breakfasting Britons as follows. The rebel of yesterday is the hero of tomorrow. Simon Templer, known as the Saint, whose arrest was the ambition of every policeman in London a few years ago because of his efforts to enforce his own brand of extra-legal justice, is photographed beside film stars at first nights and has to be rescued by the police from a mob of admirers clamouring for his autograph. The converse is also true. Lucky Joe Luckner, the idol of Soho.